1: Hey all cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh and I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how
0: are you? Oh baby, the restart is on. The juices are flowing. As soon as we start (laughs) talking about our game week scores though, Josh, I feel like maybe I will temper my attitude a bit. But just hearing the how are you right now, we've got some games Mm -hmm. under our belt, I kind of just want to get rolling and talk about FPL
1: yeah I, I I'm doing pretty well too'm I'm, I'm actually coming to you from my mom's house uh, so it's a little bit different situation I'm, ba- I'm basically podcasting like on a bed right now so <laughs> a chair next to it I'm not actually laying down in bed oh, that would be kind of cool I don't know how I would sound if I was like laying back, like back on a bed uh just a little very, too very a little too
0: relaxed perhaps yeah perhaps. I, don't, I don't think yeah. that's how like the pro uh sports radio broadcasters broadcast the, you know they're Probably, probably yeah. all sitting down, but the best of them may be standing up. Dan Levitard, maybe he
1: stands yeah. up on a good day. It might actually level me out, though. Like, maybe it brings my energy down to, like, the right, you know, the right note. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Game Week 31, we are 10, I guess we're 11 twelfths of the way through it. Uh, we wanted to get a podcast up today, uh, even though there is a match left, Man City play tomorrow. Uh, mostly because the turnaround time is so fast. I mean, we're looking at really rapid turnaround times for you know for basically every um every set of fixtures the rest of the season a couple of them are a little bit longer because they wrap some FA cup matches um around them like um game week right. 32 which is the one that starts a week like a, a this this upcoming saturday um the um whatever the day is the 27th uh, that one is um, like a five day game week. That that'll there's only one match on that Saturday, and then I go Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So they are a little spread out because of some FA FA Cup fixtures. So it won't be quite so insane, but we're really not gonna have like any days without matches. It's gonna be nuts.
0: Yeah. All of the Always Cheating podcasts are gonna be useful. They're gonna be entertaining. <laughs> they're gonna be interesting, but uh-huh. they're gonna come <laughs> they're gonna come at every side of every game week conceivable because yeah there's the the deadlines are just a total moving target for us at the moment
1: so that being said game week 31 11 12 of so the way through i think we've learned a lot um i have learned that the uh that apparently like the barbers are really i, I at this point i can't tell if having your hair long is like an aesthetic choice like it's like a like a, i'm i see you because these millionaires surely they could uh yeah, you know,
0: I was talking to the table, I know? was talking to somebody today, saying um, Premier League players they make a pretty healthy wage, right? They could surely pay a barber to just live with them in a 14-day <laughs> quarantine, just so they could cut their hair in preparation of the restart. <laughs> Public enemy number one, Eric Lamella. Lamella, where do you get off? Like a fresh, like high-tight fade <laughs> with this bleached hair. It's basically screaming to
1: the world, like. <laughs> Hey, you know, I want people touching my head.
0: There's no, I see
1: no issue with it. Sadio Mane was so shaggy today, and you couldn't even see his eyes. Like, give me a break with that. You know, (laughs) way too, way too long. Um, So, yeah, a little, uh, you could tell everyone, Mike Dean, of course, had the beard today. Oh, the beard, Mike
0: Dean's beard
1: was (laughs) epic.
0: I, I dare say, with all sincerity, Mike Dean actually looked handsome with that beard. Oh, and I think totally. He he doesn't look like a skeleton when he has that beard. So <laughs> it's a, a big change. But Michael Oliver in that opening fixture, Sheffield um, United Villa, the sideburns. He looked like he was a beat cop from the nineteen seventies. <laughs> it was incredible.
1: So I'm on uh, ninety eight points, and I, I that's pr- it's pretty good for sure. Uh, I am uh, I'm up about forty five thousand. I'm back inside the top one hundred k, which feels which feels good. Um, you know, it, it really was, it had such a game week one feel to it, uh, where basically everyone who did well was a player that you probably had in your draft team at some point. Doherty in particular yesterday was a player I had who I, who I dropped late and, um, and, you know, we were all just tinkering and rejiggering, you know, right up until the deadline. And I brought in, uh, uh jack stevens instead so he got me a clean sheet so i didn't feel too bad about that but you know it's just all of these uh you know uh
2: sliding I, you know, I had doors a,
1: sliding doors exactly him and as <laughs> the same way and obviously you know a lot of these this is what always happens of course you know whether you wild card or um play a free hit or just you know in this case with unloaded transfers you end up dropping a lot of players who did well and i, I think in general though there weren't too many players who um you know, you and I were talking uh, right before I started this podcast, uh, going to this Liverpool match, I decided ultimately not to have, um, uh, Salah or Mane. And it was just cause they're so expensive. And the temptation to load up on double game makers was just so strong at the end. And so that was what really drove me. And so I think you and I both, and, and you actually, so I dodged the bullet. I didn't have either one. Um, you sort of dodged a bullet in the sense that, you you had sala but money could have gone off at least you avoided the <laughs> you avoided the could have gone off bullet i i suppose this was a frust- this is
0: shaping up to be a frustrating game week for me in that i don't have a wild card so and i didn't free hit i chose to take the unlimited transfers to build a squad for the run in and I'll choose to play my free hit later. So I was trying to get an edge on free hitters and and you know future wild carders with this week with the hope that single game weekers would pay off. So that's mm-hmm. where Wolves comes in. I had Darty and Jimenez for the long haul and that's an edge that I have over people who just loaded up on double game weekers. Mm-hmm. I really also needed Sala to come through for me as somebody that a lot of people who were just playing the doubles kind of you know they kind of bailed off on on sala him not getting a single minute was a problem and, and further compounded by the fact that i played my bench boost so bench boost it's it's a very dicey chip to begin with so you really want to calibrate it so that you you're just you're just building however little points you can so getting that zero from sala is really frustrating that said I played the bench boost in order to play pretty pretty weak guys given the fixtures on my bench with Lasellas, who did get a clean sheet, a uh, mm-hmm. less yellow card. Can't, well uh, we can talk about Norwich a bit more later. And then yeah. Calvert-Lewin is somebody that's just like, well, I don't know what's going to happen in this Brazil side <laughs> derby. Yeah. On the whole, with with Nick Pope yet to play on my bench against City, I could possibly end up with 10 points on a – on a bench boost and that's probably how much i would budget anyway uh if it wasn't like a strong huge double game week where i've got double game weekers on my bench so it's like i'm trying to temper my disappointment with the the positives and i got my captaincy right with kevin de bruyne um thus far who looks sensational against arsenal bruno fernandez another single game weaker who came through so um Kind of like very good things and and less good things. Egan on Sheffield United, absolute disaster class. That's a bummer. It had a ripple effect. (laughs) It's not just me with John Egan. A lot of people also had Egan, but it it had a ripple effect for everyone who had Sheffield United defenders. Lots of people just going for the triple up and Henderson, looking fantastic coming off of that Villa fixture. Mm -hmm. And uh, for Egan – to end up on two yellows because of wh- who we had identified as the most embarrassing player on the pitch, Jolington, who like what <laughs> happened on that breakaway. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so for Egan to just get completely, um, psyched out by this guy and then roasted by him for his second yellow card, utter humiliation for Egan. <laughs> you know, she's Sheffield United players are meant to be hard. They're meant to be
1: defensive uh-huh. masters. Sure. Absolute joke. Job. Yeah. And what about Sander Burge? I mean, he just, a masterclass from him too, right? Okay. Birch Remind class. me how much Sheffield United paid for this joke of a player. <laughs> and well, John Lundstrom that. is on the bench. <laughs> like, I don't think What's it was going... that. I think they only paid like 10 million, which is a lot for them. Uh, but it wasn't like uh, it wasn't like he was going to go to, um, you know, Man United and then Sheffield United, you know. Why is Sheffield United up up going and buying
0: non-British players anyway? What's the point of Sheffield United if they're going out and getting four? I don't exports? know.
1: Yeah. I mean, Lundstrom does, uh, you know, presumably have some Northern european ancestry but that man is uh that man is english (laughs) yeah
0: you know he's right for a cap england you know
1: (laughs) so my my thought on your team is um i thought you did it very smart and you um I would say you almost pulled it off. Uh, I think that um I probably wouldn't have bench boosted if in your position. I think that's the only thing I would have done differently. But I think I think you correctly thought, you know what, screw this double game week. Uh I'm going to um just pick players who are good. And um, I mean I think, you know, the fact that you got 29 points combined from Bruno, Doherty, and uh, Jimenez um proves that you that you were right in your thinking there. Um I think, you know, just unfortunately you didn't get as lucky with the bench options a little bit who knows maybe you still have pope like you said so maybe tomorrow he goes off for we'll see a nice penalty
0: um, save on aguero would would do the right for pope and (laughs) and with the the armband on De Bruyne, i'm on 87 points going into the city burnley fixture there's still an opportunity for me to break 100 and you know if i'm if i'm just competing against myself i've got to be happy with that
1: yeah and yeah and i think um and like you said, you're in a green era, right? You're up 35K or something like that, right? So yeah,
0: yep. yep. still, still a ways away from the target at top 100K, um, which you know is kind of the lowest bar to clear for, um, for you and I, I think we would say. Um, I'm around 269K right now, so still a fair amount of work to be done with the run-in.
1: Yeah. But, but not, you know, but it's, 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 it's in the right direction. And you still have, um, you still have a free hit now that you can play. So, um, that's, that's a nice thing to have, um, you know, available too. For sure. Yeah. So like right now, uh, we, we could save
0: that free hit talk for a future podcast. And yeah. I just like before the way I'm thinking of the free hit now, cause I know there are a lot of people who are immediately targeting game week 31 is um, my feeling is take a step back and think about, your permanent squad like not your free hit squad not the whatever squad you're gonna have if you free hit in game week 30 what's a game week that are not necessarily good fixtures for players you don't have but look at a game week that has bad fixtures for the players that you do so like i'm looking at um game week 33 where my wolves assets play
1: arsenal now you say what you will about arsenal um uh, um, that does that, Brandon. That's a captainable feature. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what about? I mean, this is actually a question that that I had for later on, but we can talk about it briefly now. Um, I think game week 38 is tempting because, um, we now live in the age of leaks, right? Where there is just a lot of uh, leaky, a sure. lot of lineups are, are shout out late.
0: FPL Rockstar,
1: yeah, exactly. And yeah, yeah, big shout out. And um, so you know, if, if we're going to be getting team sheet leaks that day uh gaming thirty eight is when you traditionally see a lot of wackiness. um It might be really useful to have um a free hit for that for that last game week. It would be some like real nail biting time as you waited you know <laughs> to see those teams come through, but you know I think that could be tempting and um yeah so let's yeah well like like you said let's let's focus on. And what's right ahead of us, though, in terms of game week 31. And I, I don't really want to spend too much time on this game because it was kind of a fluky one, you know, because a lot of people were sort of really overloaded uh, with players that they don't really plan to have, you know, plan to have long term. And so in some ways, game week 31, which kicks off again on Tuesday, is the real restart of the Premier League season. There's eight weeks left to go. Um, as far as we know, there are no double game weeks left to go. It is a proper stretch run. You know, just a clean stretch run. And everybody's got, like, approximately one chip left to play. So mm-hmm. uh, it won't even, we don't even talk chip strategy too much uh, down the line. It'll just be, like, a straight race. Um, when are you going to make your transfers? When are you going to, you know, uh, you know who are you going to target? Playing the rotation game, I think, is going to be crucial as well. Uh, Benno did say, are there any key takeaways from this first round of matches? So do you have any, any – just any quick thoughts on what you saw this weekend, Brandon? Any, you know, anything that might be instructive for, for – fantasy managers or just that you would noticed yeah. that was weird. I've struggled with this one
0: because I think we saw a lot of rust being shaken off. So there is this temptation to draw a bunch of conclusions from this first round of fixtures that we saw. Mm-hmm. But then you wonder, well, what did we just see? Did we just see basically some preseason matches unfolding? And mm-hmm. as you say, Game Week 31 will be the proper restart. Like This this was evidenced by all the fixtures effectively being scoreless until the second half. And then, you know, as soon as players were getting more into the rhythm, we were starting to see more fluid play and some actual, actual goals being scored. Yeah. But beyond that, like the theme for me watching this first round of fixtures was – What you already knew continues to be true. Any club like Norwich being a perfect example of this, where you think it's all there for Norwich. They're just six points out of the drop zone. They have some decent fixtures coming up. This is their opportunity. Oh, stop, stop where you are. Norwich are absolutely diabolical in in the defense. They can't tackle, they can't organize, they can't pass out from the back Yep. And it was just a good reminder of there are no real resets for a lot of these teams. A lot of these narrative threads are going to carry on through the end of the season.
1: I think, uh, yeah, the, the bottom half of the table stuff was what really resonated with me, too. Um, Bournemouth, I thought, were abject. Uh, West Ham were abject. Aston Villa, Brandon abject uh and not (laughs) to mention Norwich City also abject and I think that we've sort of like now we know it's it's a four-team race for relegation I think that Watford have just enough I mean Esmail Assar oh my god he was so he didn't actually like get any goals in that match because uh Schmeichel was just like in the right like he he played perfectly against him yeah uh but there's just like there's enough solidity enough talent there that you I think the Watford are probably safe everyone above them I mean, god brighton may have just sealed their win with with Ma- mape okay so <laughs> the mape thing is incredible let's talk about this yeah so he really a, a pretty poor follow on leno i mean obviously you know it wasn't like uh he didn't stomp on him or whatever but you know it was it was pretty bad for him to to kind of lean in uh, when he was up in the air like that so in the like last i mean how long was how, how close were they to the blowing the whistle on that one? Like 10 seconds away. Yeah. Yeah. So close. And he scores the winning goal and then he gets interviewed afterwards. And he's like, well, After. look, I didn't mean, I didn't mean to hurt him, but, uh, I mean, you know, those guys, they, they were talking. and <laughs> just for an interview, like, you know what? Screw him. Like, they were just like, <laughs> they were totally. Like, <laughs> and, and I, I, I'm, I'm with you. Like
0: I burned Leno was like quickly becoming my favorite keeper in the league. Like tremendous athlete. This is a huge loss for yeah. Arsenal, you do not want to see that happen, but no. this has been what has plagued Arsenal for a decade, basically, at this yeah. point, is they have no mentality. You can yeah. bring in a new manager and new players, and there is a cancer of mentality in that club. And for Gwendozy yeah. to try and think, like, his shithousery is somehow helping the club, no, it's not. They look like absolute fools and go Brighton, like, well-played.
1: I I have to admit I I, I was not happy with Mappé after that foul. Uh, I thought that was it was it was bogus, and I thought that Lena was very much in his rights to. It, you always love. I mean, I don't know. Like anytime there's a guy in a wheelchair yelling at the player who followed him, <laughs> I, I'm into that. Like, that, I'm a big fan. Um, that was cool, uh, and so I was very anti Mappé. Then after his comments, I was like, yeah, you know, like. I I like the confidence, you know, but it was like, I heard that and I was like, I think Brighton are going to stay up. Like they've got like a winning, (laughs) like a winning mentality here, you know? So yeah. So I think it's, I think those, those four teams are bad. I think Liverpool is a curious one. I don't really know what to think about Liverpool after, um, after today it, I, they need more Salah, I guess is really what we, what we discovered. And I, unless it comes out that he was, I know he was like, he just had had like some limited minutes, as far as I haven't heard anything that indicates that Saul is actually injured, right? I think he was just rested for this one, basically.
0: Yeah. I mean, the fact that he's on the bench has to give you a lot of confidence. He was, I mean, if you're on the bench, it's presumed that you're fit. He was out on the sidelines, occasionally warming up his body language though, when he was back on the bench in the second half, leaning back with his arms outstretched, it was pretty clear that he was not going to come onto the pitch. And I think you got the sense that from Klopp that, you know he's not gonna stress. I mean, a Liverpool derby is a hugely important match for both of these clubs, but Klopp was just not gonna stress and try and overextend for this match when they already basically had the title clinched, and uh, he wants his players to not just get kaput, to use Klopp's language after one match against Everton, who you yep. know, basically didn't really need that win. So let's shake the rust off. Let's see how we look. I totally agree. I mean, I think Minamino didn't look bad. I mean, I think some of the chances he, didn't he look had good. in the... Yeah. The opportunities he was getting in the box, you think, well, Salah might have taken that first time or... Um, yeah. So I do think you see a totally different Liverpool when Salah returns to the lineup.
1: And uh, by the way, I just as you were uh, talking, I I did just take a quick look to see if there were any comments after the match, and Klopp basically confirmed that Salah is going to be playing on Wednesday that he is uh, <laughs> he's ready to go. So, so I think we you know so that that's great. And I think that um I mean we're going to get to this in a minute. When we start talking about game thirty one, but I mean Salah now I think is, is should be the first player in everybody's team sheet. Before uh, we before we
0: get away from things that we took away, and we're talking about some of the relegation area teams my least favorite performance of the weekend was josh king for bournemouth a total disaster class in misplaced (laughs) passes uh terrible decisions no guile nothing (laughs) went off injured didn't he he can take uh, i mean uh, injured with like just injured pride (laughs) injured pride (laughs) Bournemouth, uh, if they can credit anyone with that, as you say, abject performance, it would be Josh King. Like absolutely yeah. miserable by Bournemouth. See you later.
1: I think we have seen um, just the one, like a one other takeaway, not team specific, is um, something was saw in the Bundesliga, which is that we are you aren't going to see aggressive early subbing the way that some people might think with with five subs or heavy rotation. It's, you know, so far we haven't seen anybody. Major subbed off in the 50th minute or a 55th minute, or you know, it, it's like the rotation patterns. Most uh, a lot of teams are using all five subs, but they are happening. I feel like between the 60th minute and the mm-hmm. 90th minute, so yeah. uh, not too much of a worry there.
0: What was interesting is watching the Bundesliga. I mean, it's it's a testament to how terrible the commentary has been, at least on Fox here in the states for Bundesliga. Nothing has been made of, yes, you have five in-game substitutions, but you only have three windows in which to make them. And I hadn't really appreciated that, especially until Arteta seemed to totally trip over himself trying to figure out how to make his five substitutions and just three windows. The injuries didn't help, but there is a fair amount of strategy that has to go into how you're going to roll those out. And yeah, yeah I
1: agree. It's, it's not just as cut and dry of, oh, we can just give a bunch of people run outs and rests. I know. It also makes it confusing because you see somebody get subbed off in the 85th minute, and especially if it's a defender. There's a part of you that's like, wait, is everything OK? You know, <laughs> is he injured, mm-hmm. especially if you're not watching the math, match closely? You're like, wait, like even someone like um, a Matip going off today, I was like, you know, could he have gutted that out in a normal situation? Or, you know, um, but because they had five subs, is he just going to, you know, like, why risk it? You know, was sort of the mentality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so that's, so that's game week 31. That's, you know, it's a uh, game week 30. We should say 30 plus. Me, was game, yeah, game week 30. Plus. Uh, we, I, I think it was a little rusty. I don't think it was, um, I hope this was no one's first weekend watching the Premier League. If it was, I'm sorry because normally it's a lot more fun. <laughs> um, but it was fun just to have matches on. Obviously, it was it was fun to have it back. I, I oh, just totally. It would have been it would have been great if there was like one good match. And I don't know that there really was a single good match this weekend.
0: Yeah, I was saying to you, I think if you were to identify the good matches, it would just be the good second halves triggered by a key substitutions it was Pogba coming on against Spurs and it was Traore coming in against West Ham suddenly those two matches became a lot more compelling but yeah yeah I was just super excited to see my old friends it was like I could forgive the lack of quality and it was just fun to see I know you I know you Mm -hmm. actually I don't know you
1: but um yeah forgetting that Danny Rose played for Newcastle for, to take one example just just the excitement of seeing what what's your hair
0: gonna look like this is really interesting <laughs> what is deandre yedlin's hair gonna look like yeah
1: yeah it looked uh pretty long a little longer than i was expecting to be honest uh all right so that's game week 30 uh discussed uh we're gonna talk about uh game week 31 in just a second here just a quick note uh patreon we have weekly contest every game week throughout the rest of the season we are giving away a prize to the top finisher. Uh, Obviously, Game Week 30, uh, 30 has not wrapped yet. Uh, will tomorrow afternoon and so once that's done we will announce uh the the top finisher in the patreon league and we will um we'll also shout them out on social media as well uh but we'll, we'll be doing a, a mug giveaway it can either be the how are you do we have how are you and bus team mugs brandon or is it just how are you i forget we've, we've got them both, we've got this, them both. Is, okay. this is
0: these these mugs are produced on demand so uh the bus team the how are you whichever sort of speaks to your personality that's the one yeah. you win
1: oh and thank you to tom campbell i mean those Beautiful, like the magic hour photos. I'm gonna, I we have, we have to pay him so that we can use those photos on our it, site. They were so beautiful. Yeah, it,
0: it helps when you have um, listeners slash supporters like the mayor Tom Campbell, who are you know that look good in these sweatshirts and drinking <laughs> yeah. from these mugs. So, to uh, yeah. hats off to you, Tom.
1: <laughs> so um, that's happening. We're doing weekly podcasts. You and I have been doing the kitchen table ones uh, together the last few weeks. Um, I think you're you might be going solo this week, and so. Mm-hmm. Lots of, uh, um, yeah, lots of, but we'll be, we'll be doing pods uh, twice a week, one one regular pod like this, and then one bonus pod for patrons um, throughout the rest of uh, the summer, you know, as long as matches are going. And then we'll see about August and September. At this point, we don't even know when the it season's going to start stop, again. It may never stop, Josh. Yeah, it may never stop. Uh, and, you know, the Champions League, we now know, is, is going to be in August. So, yeah, we'll see uh yeah and also like i mean we might just be home watching primarily matches forever brandon because you know it doesn't look like there's any stopping <laughs> in the coronavirus here in the u.s so. there could have been worse outcomes josh <laughs> yes yeah exactly uh so uh extra podcast a week you can go to patreon.com always cheating to support us we do have some new patrons Brandon. you want to thank our new patrons
0: yeah absolutely thanks for the new support at the uh pookie patron tier david jang at the lord sorloff tier uh, uh, Piss and Vinegar Vin- uh, Piss and Vinagre I think that's a Wolverhampton defensive shout Also thanks to Graham, Massey, Sam Lysak, Harvey Ruck And Jackson Jacoby And we have a new producer Mega thanks to Kieran Screeton uh, For joining us at the producer level
1: Yep, yeah, thank you to everybody Especially uh, Kieran, thank you very much to Karen, the new producer Alright, Brian, we're going to take a quick break, we're going to get back we're going to talk about Game Week 31 and Beyond Hey guys, there is no shortage of
0: action going on at our exclusive partners, betonline.ag. Sports, sports are slowly making their way back and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all of UFC, NASCAR, boxing, Premier League, Bundesliga, all sorts of soccer matches and football matches as well. And if you need even more, they have simulated nfl nba and ufc simulations all day every day live on their website looking for something else other than sports bet online has hundreds of casino games poker tournaments and prop bets to check out so visit BetOnline.ag and use the promo code blue wire for f- for a free welcome bonus that is a welcome bonus that you get for free all for using that promo code blue wire all one word Bet Online, your online wagering experts.
1: All right, Brian, we're back. Game week 31, the season restarts now. I think it's a little more a little a little cleaner now. None of these imbalanced. I had I had Eddie Nikitia and burn Leno and Aubameyang in my team. I mean, I would never have that in a normal version of my team. You know, <laughs> let's let's get back to something so, appropriate. So, does that
0: mean though. I I believe I know the answer to this, but your active wild card right now going into 31 plus.
1: Yeah, I actually even have a wild card team uh ready to go. Um and uh I I have like a I have a like one spot that I'm still that I'm still tinkering with a little bit which is a, a midfield spot but um yeah right now i'll just very very quickly i'm not going to do like a 30 minute version of this but just quickly i've got um and this is like i i whipped it up you know so let, let's not take it too <laughs> too seriously <laughs> all um, right all right way yeah. to hedge josh just mm, lay it on well, us okay? you, well i'm conscious now because i feel like there were certain things that i i i really didn't know where i was going with my game week 30 unlimited transfers team and i feel like the the final version of that team uh, had some like choices that I wouldn't have made. And I hadn't advocated for making before that all of the late, all of the last minute choices I made were bad and hurt my team. Mm -hmm. So it was a reminder that, that cramming is not, uh, just, just, Like you were so much smarter about FPL 24 hours before the deadline. Mm -hmm. You are three (laughs) hours before, two hours before. That's when the, that's when the, that's when the, honestly, you should be off Twitter during that time. Pop in to make sure there's no team sheet leaks, but otherwise Mm -hmm. stay off it because it's going to start to warp your, your brain a little bit. (laughs) So I've got, uh, I've got Pope and Gull uh, with Button as my uh, backup keeper. Um, I think that, um, I saw you have Pope in your team too. And I just think that he's kind of, um, the fixtures are good Um, after this Man City match. I mean, they have one tough way match of gaming 33 away to liverpool but otherwise he's the keeper i'd want to start all of these matches uh to close out the season uh they also announced that um uh that uh i forgot his name joe hart is uh not resigning with them so there's really i'm sure little yeah very little risk of, of any kind of uh, rotation there
0: miami fc will be good for joe hart's complexion
1: yeah exactly yeah well yeah i mls is still i think they're trying to do something well although they're trying to do it in florida now, now that might be uh, in doubt um so i've got i've got heart in, in goal with basically no backup um 3.9 million player uh and then uh i've got ben me trent and uh matt d um those are the starters i've got right now and then um i've got james justin and kiko uh, off my bench and uh, I just think James Justin uh, was pretty attacking. I thought he looked pretty good. I don't know if you watched all of that, Lester. I did. I did. Having Jamie
0: yeah, having Jamie Vardy up front for me compelled me to watch most of that. And I agree. Justin looked – he looked very canny. He looked strong. He did look attacking. I mean the uh, uh, Brendan Rodgers tactics favor that. But I do think he – yeah. I, I really yeah. liked him. I liked him as a prospect.
1: Yeah, and we'll see if he stays in the team, but that's that's what I've got right now. Um, and then, um, so, yeah, Justin and then and then Kiko, just because I needed a, a cheapie to to fill that spot up. I mean, that, that might end up going to a Jamal LaSalle's type player. We'll see. Um, and then I've got KDB, who feels like an ever-present player. I think there's an interesting debate about whether, oh, I don't know, he was so good yesterday. Let's wait until tomorrow's match. Let's see. I mean, I, you know, he will get rotated at some point, and I think it's it's an open question whether Man City is just going to be so prone to rotation, That you maybe just don't want anybody uh, Mm -hmm. from that team, um, because I I just think it's going to get really heavy. But at the same time, we saw you know Guerro came in for 15 minutes a couple of days ago and uh, and looked incredibly dangerous. You know, almost scored a goal, uh, (laughs) did pick up an assist, could have had two goals. Yeah,
0: Um, he looked good. Yeah, that whole city, and I think KDB's performance. Against Arsenal was emblematic of everything that we've been talking about with this restart. In that, in the first 10, 15 minutes, everyone was like, Oh, KDB's range of passing is a bit off. And, you know, uh, interceptions, his pass is getting intercepted. What's going on here? Is he rusty? And then he grows into the game, and suddenly he is the player that we left off with and is absolutely undroppable. Yeah. And the fact that he's getting subbed off early, it's the way I think about Danny Ings. Like, so long as Danny Ings, is starting and getting subbed off around the 75th minute everything is good with him the the match in which Danny Ings plays 90 minutes that's when you have to start worrying because that's when you're like oh maybe the manager's like I'll give him 90 minutes because he's not playing that next match
1: yeah and I think we'll we'll talk about Ings in just a second here because the question about Southampton uh, but just to just to finish off the team real quick, so it's uh, Sala KDB, uh, Fernandez, uh, which I think is kind of probably a pretty template mid, midfield three, uh, and then um, I actually have Saka right now because you know I mean I wasn't hugely impressed with Arsenal in general, but um, the fact that he got two starts and looked pretty pretty dangerous, mm-hmm. um, especially in the uh, Brighton match. Um, I think at 4.7 million, he's a, he's a great bench option. The word competent comes to mind when thinking of Sokka, <laughs> and
0: that's not a word you use lightly when talking about Arsenal right now.
1: <laughs> they are such whipping boys, but they really deserve it. Uh, oh, and by then, the way, was there, yeah.
0: not to interrupt your flow with your no, card no, team, I'm very okay. much enjoying it, but it had, was there a bigger FPL crime committed this weekend than Pepe getting that goal?
1: No, it was so annoying. It, not just because the guy who's in first place in our mini league uh, had him, but like it was just like he did. He didn't play at all in the first match. He did nothing, and then somehow they just gave him like gave him in so much space that it was like any like anybody could have scored. I could have scored with that much space. It was yeah. ridiculous. That uh, Norwood
0: to Nylon own goal was not as big oh. a crime as uh, Pepe <laughs> was. Uh, which is so, absolute murder?
1: And I was just destroying him on Twitter too. I was like, someone's like, what, what's his price going to be? And I was like, if it's more than six point five million we riot like there's no way this guy deserves uh price higher than that uh and then he scores this like peach of a of a goal you know unstoppable really just a beautifully placed goal Mm -hmm. and so uh, yeah then i've got uh triari right now i don't know if i'm going to keep triari the problem is is also as awesome as he looked i just don't know if he's going to be a a regular starter in that team and maybe he's like almost better served as a as a bench option uh yeah right and it's, it's it's nothing to to say
0: against players like this like it may be the role that best suits Traore, like as world class a player, as I think he's, we, we'd all agree he's developed into this season. Yep. Especially in a situation like this Project Restart, he, as we saw against West Ham, he is able to completely set fire to the opposition coming in yeah. on the 65th minute. So why would you not choose to do that every match? Totally. That game totally opened up, and I can't think of a better use of Troyori. And I don't, I'm not even sure that that discounts him as an FPL asset. <laughs> I was about to say. Exactly. If he can yeah. do that every
1: match, then sure, why not? Take the yeah. risk. That is true. God, it was incredible. He was, he was so good in that, that 30 minutes, such a fun player to watch. Uh, and then up front I've got uh DCL who I thought uh, acquitted himself reasonably well today. I, he's not a player. I'm super solid into my wild card. Um, but they do play Norwich in game week 31. So that, that's the real, um, X factor there. Uh, Marcus Rashford and, uh, Jimenez. And I'd say mm-hmm. of these front three. It's Jimenez is the only one who is, you know, solid, solid, solid. And then everybody mm-hmm. else is, uh, you know, I, do I need Rashford and Fernandez? Mm, I'm not sure. You know, I think um, mm-hmm. uh, Bruno. I think has looked awesome, KDB level in terms of his you know involvement with the team.
0: Agreed, and it's like his the thing that strikes me about Bruno and I. Bruno's not yet at the level of KDB, but it's his proactivity. Bruno wants to be on the ball. Bruno wants yeah. to make the pass. He's taking risks, and those risks will sometimes aggravate you, but they will also pay off. and yeah, on Rashford, I'm totally encouraged. A by the fact that he he started. B by the fact that I, I think he played all 90 minutes and he looked hungry. And yeah. I think
1: the returns will come for him.
0: I think more, so too, more, more so
1: than Martial, I would guess. And a nice fix to end the season for Man United. And you know, I, I just think there's no way. Um, you know, someone was online was asking us if there was any way to predict. You know how these rotation patterns are going to go, and I, I think you just can't worry about it too much. I think you just have to like just accept that like, you know, someone like Rashford, maybe he doesn't start every match, but that, you know, there's eight matches left. He's probably gonna start six out of eight. And maybe that's true for basically everybody. Everybody's gonna start six out of eight. And, um, and if you worry too much about these, how rotatable they are, you're going to end up leaving some good players in the pitch. And I think that actually is, is, you know, Danny Ings is, is maybe exhibit a, where it was like, well, like he's, you know, um, he wasn't great down the stretch and he's a little injury prone, you know? And so um, maybe that scared some people off of having him in game week 30. So, and uh, in hindsight, yeah, yeah. There were some things that broke. I mean, Norwich being even more injured than we realized. um, I think that some of that stuff broke after the deadline. I think that was partially that Wednesday deadline. There was a lot of stuff that came out later. Um, And actually uh, Shane Long being out for the weekend too was another factor. And so, if if we had known that Long was going to be out for sure, and that Norwich were going to have a couple of major injuries, then yeah, Ings would have been, I mm-hmm. think, a lot more discussed um, in mm-hmm. the lead up to to game week thirty. So that's where I'm at with my game week thirty one wild card team. I'd say looking through at the players who are the most locked in are those defenders, uh, Bruno, Sala for sure, uh, most likely KDB, and then and then Jimenez. Uh, Jimenez is just uh, solid, and I, I'm sort of targeting that like. 24 to 29 year old player, you know, they're like the really experienced <laughs> okay, age. Well, just much. like, <laughs> well, just like the kind of like the player with like a lot of experience, the player who can probably uh-huh. has, has a lot of experience, probably playing matches with short turnaround times. Maybe won't be as as likely to be arrested a little more, but just like a little more maturity, uh, mm-hmm. but not also like at the age where like they need to be managed, like have their minutes managed a little more carefully. I feel like that's that's kind of like a sweet spot in that range. Yeah. Um, although you know, we'll, I guess we'll we'll soon see. Okay, so we've got a bunch of listener questions
0: here that will kind of take us through a lot of other FPL issues leading into game week thirty one. So yeah, uh, let's start off with some general team questions. This one comes from FPL Koki. Should we go with triple Wolves assets? Now, we've kind of established that we were enamored of Wolves this weekend. You're already locking Jimenez and Doherty into your team. I have them both. And I think Jimenez, there is no real argument there. Jota, as good of a player uh, as he is, we know he's a slow starter. Even if he comes to bear fruit, Jimenez is the man. So we've got precious few transfers to make. He's yep. the guy, go for him. Darty, I think, should be locked into most people's teams just because of the clear attacking potency that he has. You mm-hmm. could, if you had a bigger issue in your midfielder up front and you really needed extra money, you could seemingly you, you could conceivably convince me that Bali is great. But if if I'm in a position like I am where I need to score scrap for any points that I can. I want that attacking threat of Darty. So I'm locking in Humanez and Darty. Now you have to sell me on who the third player is. And yeah, that's where it gets really tricky. Like maybe you could double up on Wolves defense with Bali and Darty. But I, I, I do think there are a lot of different defenders in contention in this price bracket in the Bali price bracket. So why not diversify? Then you get into the Wolves midfield and you're like, I am Am I picking between Moutinho and Traore? Yeah. Uh, and I, I think we would. We, we just said Traore is definitely like a player to consider. So I'm, I think there is a lot of doubt around a third Wolves asset, um, yeah. though we're locking in human as in a defender.
1: So I think, I mean, you know, as so we talked about um, – uh, we talked about the pluses and minuses of Troy area already. So I don't think we need to go through those again, but I think Sace is a player who's interesting um, as a, as a defender he's played. I mean, at this point it's, it's basically going back to game week five. He has been, uh, you know, almost a you know perennial starter. I think he started, um, you know, going back to game. I think it's like 23 of 25 matches. Um, I think he started the last, it looks like, 12 or so um available for 4.6 million i was a little worried about um the yellow card suspension because he's on eight uh but he didn't pick one up in this game week and i think now he just has to go through he's go through two more matches without picking up two more yellow cards and i think that's a low enough risk mm-hmm. um that that you could you know now consider bringing him in 4.6 million pretty reliable and you know i'm looking at someone like justin um at 4.7 million i mean maybe I just save point one, and I bring in someone like Saez. I mean, you look at these fixtures ahead: Bournemouth at home, Aston Villa away, Everton at home, Sheffield United away. I mean, Sheffield United, like, what? What was the closest they got to scoring over two matches? Was it? <laughs> was it that own goal for Nyland? Like, yeah. I think that was probably it.
0: They're cooked. I mean, with these injuries, yeah. red cards, with Henderson not being able to play against Manchester United. Right, they're cooked. They're too thin. They, uh, their hopes of getting into Europe, I think, could be. Oh, no, they're done. Yeah,
1: right. it was, uh, one point from six uh, against two teams that are both not great. Newcastle. I mean, just bravo, <laughs> like so impressive. I, I, I like. I'm kind of. I kind of like this team weirdly. You know. I mean, it's like you know, the one player I haven't talked about, like Saint Maximin, is available for the same price as Troyere. And their fixers are pretty good. I mean.
0: And he starts pretty much every single one of those matches.
1: Yeah. What would be the argument against St. Maximum, Brandon? Like, what would be, he's 5.4 million. He looks awesome. Got this cool headband thing going on.
0: I know. He's Uh, like a a Premier League player most likely to appear in an anime cartoon, uh, (laughs) St. Maximum. He's so fun to watch. The argument against him is Sheffield United truly flattered Newcastle on sunday and you do have to kind of step back reassess like what newcastle attack do we expect to see against a team that is not yeah. seemingly tired and out to just shoot themselves in in the foot okay. you reasonable you th- you'd that, think that without yeah. that red card the game doesn't open up as well it seems odd that the game would have opened up for for newcastle with that red card you'd think that chef united would get a little more compact but it kind of goes more to what i'm saying is i just think newcastle saw an opportunity and totally took advantage so i'm not convinced that
1: they are some sort of attacking juggernaut now i'm not saying that but but let me just here's my here's my rebuttal okay Mm -hmm. remember all those abject teams that i was talking (laughs) about earlier (laughs) there were a few (laughs) aston villa abject they play them home next game week Bournemouth, abject. They play them in Game Week 32. West Ham, abject. They play them in Game Week 33. The next three teams they play are the probably the three worst teams in the league outside of Norwich. That is compelling, I yeah. think. I mean, when you, mm-hmm. when you look at it through that lens, and this guy is $5.4 million, absolutely bossing on the pitch. Um, I guess, I mean, the, you know, the one concern is that, um, is there anyone that, you know, that – can score um, that he is giving the ball to. You know, I mean, it, like it's mm-hmm. all well and good to look awesome, but you know, <laughs> if nobody can actually finish, but maybe Joe Linton gets some confidence now, now that he's picked up this uh, this goal. You know, I mean, maybe that. They, they, I, I mean, I, I'm not a Joe Linton fan, and I'm not going to talk myself into singing his praise in this podcast, but maybe. I don't know. I mean, Newcastle kind of maybe have their tails up a little bit now, right? It was a nice three nil win, and maybe that you know sort of boosts their. Maybe there's like a little like you know they they have this weird ownership situation, and now they're probably safe. And so maybe there's like a, you know what? Nobody believes in us. We're just going to go out there and you know um, play with nothing to lose. I mean, I know that's like all cliches that I just like ripped off there, but yeah. uh, you know. But maybe that's I don't know. Like I mean, if if they if if say maximum was nine point two million, sure, let's not do yeah. it. But at five point four million i don't know it's kind well, of tempting
0: here's the curveball with 0.1 cheaper and i was talking to our friend brandon lynn earlier who mentioned matt ritchie and matt ritchie in the points against sheffield united 5.3 mm-hmm. which seems expensive for a defender but this is like this is a lord lundstrom level of out of position defender right. where ritchie is on set pieces and is part of the the attack when they assemble five point the, like the standard defender that you're picking from Newcastle right now is Jamal Lascelles because he's nailed on to start and he's sub four point five. But you ratchet that up to Matt Ritchie and I like I'm I'm struggling to convince myself that five point three is anything remotely worth it for a Newcastle defender. But I'm with you like to the abject tour for the next three game weeks for Newcastle. Ritchie's an
1: interesting one. I think so, too. Um, And I I remember he was like one of the first player prices announced and at 5.5. It seemed (laughs) insane. But it was
0: like it was like a headshot from the FPL tower. Yeah, he's out of the game.
1: You knock a little back and uh, I think I think it makes him maybe a little more reasonable. Um, Shane says uh, thoughts on Liverpool assets for the run in. I think we talked about Salah already. What about Sadio Mane? Uh, plays 90 minutes today. Looks okay. Looks like Mane, basically. You know, always dangerous. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. He was trying to do quite a bit on his
0: own, which um, was sad. Like, I feel like Sadio, that's what everyone loves about Liverpool. Like, yeah. the way that Firmino, Mane, and Salah just become like a Voltron robot when they, they're they on the pitch.
1: And Brendan, I think uh, no, no Robertson either, would mm-hmm. probably hurt him on the left a little bit.
0: Yeah, so when you you're talking through your wild card and you say Salah's nailed on and you're kind of recommending that for everyone listening. Well, I have Salah as well and it was weird when I was doing my tinkering with my unlimited transfers. I had a I had a, you know, there were rumors about Salah maybe not starting against Everton, but I look at Mane and because of the value I have built up in Salah, I would actually have to pay more to get Mane into my team and that scared me off. Luckily okay. it didn't bite me too bad. What I mean to say is you're making the case of Sala is an easy choice for you. Where Was there any hesitation for you to go for Mane instead? Why is it Sala all the way for you?
1: Well, honestly, it's just that I think there's going to be some rotation throughout the final eight weeks. I don't think there's a ton between those two players. Um, I mean, all things being equal, I would pick Salah over Mane, uh, but because Mane already has booked one ninety-minute run out, um, give me the player who's probably going to be rotated one time less now in, mm-hmm. in Salah. Uh, yeah. it, it's that simple, really. I mean, there's okay. no, um, you know, I, I. There might be a po- point later on in the season where I have both of them. Um, you know, if KDB is playing like a ton of minutes and. And you know, like, oh, it looks like some some rotation is coming for him down the line. I might even turn him into someone like Sadio Mane. Mm-hmm. Not a thing you want to do in game week five, but in game week thirty five, um, I think that you know it might be time to to make some some bold moves around that time. So, um, but yeah, I mean that that's that's the rationale for Salah.
0: There may this may be like the fiftieth time we've had this discussion this <laughs> season, but it's yeah. it just comes down to shrewd FPL tactics. Salah is on penalties, so. Right. Uh, Assuming Milner is not on the field. So that's the edge, the FPL edge of Romane. And yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think Salah is the pick with Liverpool. Any other assets for Liverpool with FPL? And I do think you're overthinking it. Like Minamino is just going to forever be rotated. Like all these guys are going to be rotated. (laughs) I think it's a ludicrously expensive midfielder and a defender of your choice now i decided to scale back from trent to virgil van dyke and that's basically like driving a car without any car insurance um it's terrifying to me
1: i f- forgot that you did that that is crazy wow that is you must be so nervous every time you watch liverpool now like yeah, are, you will yeah. be yeah i i am i am um <sighs> Can't believe they didn't let him take that free kick at the end. Oh, like he must have been so happy when uh, <laughs> yeah, they, the should he let, they should have let they
0: should have let Van Dyke take the free kick. Um, <laughs> uh, but that that was a risk I was willing to take just to get an extra million floating around sure. elsewhere on my team. But yeah, I think that it's a midfielder in Trent if you're if you're really trying to stabilize or uh, if you're yeah. really trying to stabilize your FPL team.
1: Yeah, I think um, you know. I, I think we can chuck one matchup to being a little funky, especially when when two of their best. If you include Robertson as one of their best attackers, which I think is reasonable to do, then with with two of their best attackers out, I think um, they just weren't as um, sharp as as they'll be. And this, but I think by by game week thirty one or game week thirty two, they're going to be back to uh, the team that we uh, expect them to be. Um, All right, next team, uh, or next next question is from FPL Warrior. He says, uh, thoughts on Southampton options? I'm thinking of Ings or Armstrong.
0: Yeah, those were the guys that definitely (laughs) performed in Game Week 30+. (laughs) Uh, Here's where we have to revisit the whole abject discussion. Like, did their opponent, Norwich... Norwich, Norwich I know. Um, I was
1: like, is it gonna say Norwich? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Did their opponent Norwich flatter to deceive? Um I I think a little bit like Norwich's defense looked uh among the worst we saw all weekend. Like I said, Josh King put in my least favorite performance. Like as a collective, Norwich's defense may oh. like looked amateur, absolutely amateur. So yes. I, I don't know fully what to expect from Norwich going forward, but I will concede however a terrible Norwich defense looked. Southampton's attack did look great. So you look at their fixtures coming up. It's Arsenal. Okay, fine. Arsenal's defense is, is a train wreck at this point. Mm-hmm. Watford, then it's Man City in 33-plus. Everton, Manchester United It's kind of a mixed bag with fixtures. So I think – if you're going with players like Ings and Armstrong I wouldn't tell you not to but you're really going based on form and not fixtures and if you go that route and they flag for a couple of games you have to be ready to jump ship immediately I think
1: yeah i mean Ings Ings did look good he could have had more than one goal easily um a little expensive still and like like yeah I, I agree the fixtures aren't aren't great so i You know what? I'm just going to say that I agree with you, Brandon, and let's let's move on. I think um, I I had um, Stevens, and that was really a well made punt. I don't don't plan to have him uh, long term. He, in fact, has already been transferred out of my team. So, Uh, final team question. We have a couple questions, a couple position based questions. Tom says, are there any Arsenal assets? And actually, I mean, I'm going to loop two things. I'm going to loop two questions in here together, Brandon. Go on. Tom says, are there any Arsenal assets you would still consider after their woeful start? And Nervous Ned says, uh, Aubameyang, stick or twist? He says, uh, we've taken the pain, but the next two fixtures look too easy. And those fixtures are Southampton and Norwich. So, Arsenal, where are we uh, after after all of this?
0: <laughs> I think it's it's tough with Aubameyang because... He's a he is not that a, tough. He's a good striker. He uh-huh. is in the race for golden boot. So it's like I don't want to predict this guy's never not going to score another goal for the rest of the season. Mark my words, you know, bet on it. Yeah. Uh, I don't, obviously no one can guarantee that, but no, it's it's too much money when you're looking at all these other great striker assets. I'd rather have Danny Ings right now than Aubameyang. We were kind of equivocating oh, totally. on him a couple of minutes ago, so. Um the only other Arsenal player I would ever want would be Burned Leno, and he's absolutely crocked. So that yeah. leaves us with I mean Sokka. You know, ma- yeah, I was just gonna say managers such as yourself making, I think, a pretty legitimate case for Sokka. And it, it comes down to less less the player and the team and more the price and, and yep. his utility. So I think that's really where we're we're left.
1: Um yeah, I think you know, Aubameyang is, like, a, I would take Ings over Aubameyang, too. And uh, he's an 11 million player, and Arsenal just do not look like a team that's ready to scare anybody. And the, yeah, the Norwich, I, I don't know that I'm, I'm lumping those two fixtures together enough. Because Southampton way is not, it's not a bad fixture, but it's not great either. I mean, Southampton's defense is competent. And, totally.
0: And they actually have yeah. a midfield, unlike a lot right. of Premier League teams right now. Southampton yeah. have a midfield full of uh, role players who can organize
1: that can deal with that. Put in weird in Yeah,
0: yeah, they're putting in shifts.
1: <laughs> yeah, and Norwich. Yeah, Norwich are terrible. But holding a player who is really expensive for one good fixture is like a classic fantasy mistake. Uh, it, it bites you again and again and again. We've all done it. It, it, it very, of, of course, sometimes it works out, but it, I, it's it's not a it's not really the sure thing that people make it out to be. And I'm so like confused about this team right now that I don't even think I would captain Aubameyang in a Norwich match. And Mm -hmm. if you're at the point where you're going to keep someone, it was 11 million for a, for a fixture that good. And you're still nervous about captaining them. That probably says everything you need to know about, about that team. So yeah, I do think um, game week 32
0: is going to be a weird one for captaincy because that is the Liverpool city matchup. So Mm -hmm. does that take Liverpool and city assets off the table for captaincy Manchester United play Brighton, so that's pretty decent for United. shout, but they yeah. United players haven't been all that like high scoring as consistent as they've been. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chelsea play West Ham. So, are you going to have Chelsea assets? It's going to be a yeah. tricky one. So, uh, the one pro in Aubameyang's column for game week 32 in Norwich is he would be the captainable asset in that game.
1: That's a good. That's a good point. Um, that's that's a that's a totally fair point. But it's still not enough for me to argue for bombing. Fair enough. Well, let's uh, let's just leave let's it move on. be then. Let's yeah, on. leave it be. <laughs> uh, there was a forward question here uh, from Mike DiPietro, producer Mike. Uh, he says, "What would be your ideal front three on a wild card, keeping costs within reason?" Now. I've already said uh, the three players that I have on my wildcard right now, um, and those players were subject to change possibly, but uh, it's Rashford, Calvert-Lewin, and Jimenez. Calvert-Lewin is almost irresistible, I think, um, because of that Norwich away fixture uh, in Game Week 31. And again, holding a player for a fixture not a great idea. Wild carding and having a player for a really good, really good fixture and then, <laughs> and then sort of, you know, seeing them as like a player you can move on later. I think that's a little bit different. I thought he was, uh, maybe I'm just like being hypocritical here. I don't know. But like, I feel like Calvert Lewin away to Norwich. I mean, that's like yeah. borderline captainable, right? It's, like, it's, it's pretty good.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. pretty good. We talked about this in our team by team preview a couple of weeks ago, and Everton are kind of weird in that. Uh, they've got Leicester, Spurs, Southampton, game weeks thirty-two through thirty-four, and it's you know, it's not super desirable. But then it really opens up for them in game week thirty. So Wolves and thirty-five, it's it's Villa, Sheffield United, and Bournemouth to finish the season. So you really want to zero in on DCL for the end of the season. I think that yeah, that Norwich fixture in thirty-one is compelling enough, and the end of the run. And I just rate. DCL that yeah. highly. And he's, six point six point five, you said it. Irresistible. Exactly. I love him. I think he's great. Yeah. I think he'll
1: he'll carry that third forward spot for me for the whole season. Totally. And like you said, 6.5, 13 goals, uh really hard to resist. I think there's an argument for ings over DCL. And I think that 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 is one that I would accept. Uh, but at the moment, um, I I do I do prefer on DCL over over Ings. Um, so those are the three. I mean, uh, Chelsea, kind of a weird situation now with uh, with Giroud and Tammy. I think it's sort of uh, a little bit too messy. Mm-hmm. Um, probably probably just a full-on stay away now. That's sort of how I'm feeling about things. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. But we're not talking about my third forward.
0: So we're agreed on humanists. We talked about DCL over Ings. Yeah. You've gone for Rashford in your current wild card. I'm on Jamie Vardy. Let's talk about Vardy because right. Vardy is leading for the golden boot. And – He was one of my single game week edges coming into game week 30. Pretty big disappointment that I didn't get any returns for him. So now I have to decide whether I keep the faith. I definitely will stick with Vardy for the coming weeks just to see how his form takes on. Um, The fixtures are not super cut and dry for Leicester. Uh, I mean, Brighton, Everton, Palace in the next three palace just like palace just continue to palace their way across the <laughs> league table like how yeah. does Hodgson do it like this is the most disciplined team in the I back that's field. what like, it is league has yeah. seen and like like I'm sorry Burnley but you've got nothing on palace at the moment <laughs> uh yeah. so you know I have my worries about Vardy uh but I I brought him in with my unlimited transfers and I'm going to stick with him for the foreseeable future
1: uh, I think I think that's fair. I think um, the Man City uh, forwards, there's certainly an argument for them, too, if you're willing to take the risk. Um, you know, we're recording this before the second leg tomorrow. So, um, you know, if Jesus, I think Aguero's going to start tomorrow. But if Jesus came out and got an injury six minutes in, uh, then maybe uh, that would be, you know, or one or the other, I suppose. It will be helpful um, for decision making. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not, yeah, not talking about their own health, uh, but just, you know, for fantasy, it'd be useful. Um, I so, said helpful, yeah, I think, not healthful. No, I, I know you did, but I was sort of just thinking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, a couple more questions here, Brandon. Uh, I, mean, I think we can do these uh, lightning round style because we've yeah. covered so many teams already. Uh, let's do four more questions. All right. Yeah. Uh First one is: uh, Mig says true or false, Bruno is a must-have until further notice.
0: Yeah, I think that's true. Uh, it's the, the the continuation of shrewd FPL talk. You know, beyond mm-hmm. Bruno's talents, the price is just so right. For him, yep. I think the fixtures are so good for Manchester United through the rest of these eight game weeks. And he everything is running through Bruno. He's touching the ball in every single version of United's attack. And if Pogba starts starting alongside him, maybe they start dividing the points a little bit. But still, he's sharing pens with Rashford. So that's yep. an interesting argument for you, mm-hmm. Josh, to take both Bruno and Rashford. Yeah, get every single pen and United have like already set the record for most penalties given in a season, and we still have eight game weeks to go, which is kind of crazy.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's a must have. I don't want to belabor it. No, I, I, I agree. So, uh, let's move on. Uh, FPL JAMA says, Is Bergwine a good raker to Suns Picard? For those, that's a great <laughs> TNG reference there, Brandon. For those who can't budget, uh, stretch your budget far enough, uh, 10 7 11 to Suns 7 8 2 in the last three home games were each. Started. I'm actually surprised that Bergwijn had that many home starts with, with Sun. So yeah, Spurs in general. Um, I'm feeling a little like whatever about Spurs right now. Yeah, no thanks.
0: I I just I am not compelled. It was it was a total brain fart on Maguire and De Gea, which kind of let Bergwijn into that position mm-hmm. to score. You know, no, not to Good, diminish Bergwijn. Nice I think. run and finish, but yeah, yeah I yes, agreed. he yeah. he made it happen. All credit to yeah. him it's just like the question remains with Jose's tactics, with this team, with Deli Ali getting back into that uh, mix. What's what's left for yeah. Bergvine to accomplish? And I just feel like there are other options that I find more compelling, and Son probably being chief among them. If you're really compelled by Spurs for the homestretch,
1: yeah. And the fixtures are great, but I, I just need to see somebody really rise to the fore um, to to feel confident. I mean, Kane is you know 11 million and looks. Bag of does bones. does not look great. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's it's like a wait and see with that team. And their ownership is low enough. There's no real, like, I mean, yeah, it's like, it can be like, you know, it's a good way to, like, maybe gain some ground. But, like, who do you trust, you know, to have in that team right now?
0: I just feel like that uh, Bergvine yeah. goal is a great example of chasing last week's points where if he, if he doesn't score that, if De Gea parries it away, we're not having this conversation.
1: Yeah, I think yeah I think that's probably true um yeah it wasn't like he was like threatening every three minutes in the match or whatever so um all right uh two more questions uh Philip Alexander says after seeing much lower scores since the return uh, do you think this is a sign of things to come is going for four or five at the back gonna become more viable no classic four or five <laughs> yeah I, I agree and I, I I didn't think scoring was that low really I mean I thought it was um kind of like I was Pretty reasonable. I mean, two one today, a three nil. I guess the the nil nil with Everton Liverpool. Maybe you'd expect that to be more goals in a, a a normal match. Yeah,
0: but, seven yeah. clean sheets through eleven matches. I mean, it's not it it's not abnormal by any stretch. Yeah. And you're it's looking kind of at the even. yeah, right. And you look at the the clubs that are keeping these clean sheets. They're kind of ones that we could have come close to predicting like palace and and wolves sheffield mm-hmm. united keeping a clean sheet before before yeah. it blew up south city yeah yeah Southampton two against north so i don't think we saw anything out of the ordinary as far as that goes so it's kind of like proceed as normal
1: with defense and a final question i think this one's an easy answer uh the best leno replacement asked the dork lord yeah nick pope um i think
0: you you know we you OB. could say you could say too much about Poe, but he's the highest scoring goalkeeper in the game. Let's see i had that i that's probably changed since uh since this Henderson game yeah
1: Henderson's Henderson got now. him, yeah, Henderson's got him, but he's got a game in hand, and Henderson can't play in the Man United match, so yeah maybe maybe Poe overtakes him again. I mean, I think uh Martinez, who
0: is Leno's replacement, is at four point two now you could that's like the um uh adrian yeah. this the liverpool sub goalkeeper temptation of like oh wait, adrian's gonna get a run for five or six matches i'll just go for him oh turns out that uh adrian's terrible by comparison yeah. so just set your sights yeah. away from arsenal and leno and move to who is on paper the best goalkeeper for fpl on snake pump
1: yeah the four highest scoring defenders in Arsenal are all out the next match. They're all red flagged, so yeah, it, it's a disaster. It just and actually five if you include Leno. So just 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 stay away. Um, and Brandon, that is on that on that just stay away condescending note. Uh, that <laughs> is uh, the podcast. Thank you to everyone for listening. I know it's a, it's a quick turn into game week uh, thirty one. So good luck to everybody. Good luck on anyone with the wild card. I think the free hit strategy would have been is is pretty similar to the wild card. I think it's pretty clear who the best teams are for. For 31. So if you'd like to uh, talk strategy or listen to this week's bonus podcast, uh, go to patreon.com slash always cheating, get onto our Slack network and talk strategy there. Uh, you also get access to weekly bonus pods and we'll be doing another one at midweek this week. Before we get out of here, we want to say thank you to our producers and they are Trevor
0: Ingerson, Mike DePetro, Chris Howell, Andy Penn, Jazz Binning, Dave Wagner-Lodal, Nick Wright, Jim Payne, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson, Frederick Keen Gransky, Travis West, Chris Carter, Martin Savage, Brian Teed, Big Gaffer, Victor Forberg, skoging Paul Herzig, Kaya Christine LeLang, Barry Maguire, Peter Bodechtel, Andy Portlock, Toothless Gibbon, Lindsay Rostel, Anton Markov, Babas Kuhn, Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, James Holland, fplmerch.com, James Conroy, Brandon B., Paul Scanlon, and our newest producer, Kieran Screden. <sighs> For those who are really paying attention, I went in a slightly different order for a producer.
1: So it was kind of fun. I saw that. Did, did you mention Alan Creasy, Brandon? I think Alan Creasy may have been cut from that. So Wow.
0: If I did, Special Alan, I, I really apologize. <laughs> Alan Creasy, you are, um, you know, don't tell anyone else, but you're our favorite. Um, <laughs> and if uh, you enjoy what you hear, feel free to rate and review the Always Cheating Podcast wherever you subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever fine podcasts are found. Follow us on social media and all the usual places for all this information and more, including the Always Cheating merch shop. If you want to be like FPL Mayor Tom Campbell, go to
1: alwayscheating.com. Perfect. Thank you. Good luck to everybody. See you next week.
0: Poku forever.